Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And if you've listened to my recent Upfront Investor podcast, you'll know that I mentioned that the majority of Australians want to educate themselves more on managing their money and how to create wealth, yet so few do. Um, so congratulations to yourself for doing what most never do, and that is taking the time to listen to these podcasts and educate yourself for your financial future. And in fact, over the last few weeks, I think I've had uh, a number of people uh, tell me that they found our podcast and are going hell for leather to try and to listen to as many as they possibly can. I've, I've even had one person said they've listened to all of them, and I think there's at least a thousand of them. There's probably more than that. So um, good luck. It's going to take you a while to get through all these podcasts. But today's podcast is on borrowing money um, and the essentials that you need to know to help you avoid the traps and use borrowing for your benefit, not through for anybody else's. Uh, you see, uh, many people overlook the various ways in which they can create real wealth through the use of positive leverage to, or borrowing to invest. Sadly, since the 1970s in Australia, you know, uh, we've seen the push by the banks to really make negative gearing uh, or borrowing or negative gearing borrowing or lending money for depreciating assets such as cars, holidays, furniture, plasma TVs, and make this freely available. And this has caused uh, a trend that has led the majority of Australians to be in a negative saving cycle with spiraling debt. We saw a lot of this pre-GFC, a huge amount of it. I mean, uh, you know, people talk about you know what's going on in the market now and trying to compare it to a GFC and say we're going to have another one. But the interesting thing is uh, all the major crashes are being caused by too much debt. Um, and it's constant when you get too much debt in a market or in a society, then things pull back and we see these big crashes at this point in time. Now, Australians have been a little bit better since then, but um, I'm sure you're not surprised by these sorts of figures. You know, further, Australians regularly overuse credit and interest-free store cards, and generally the family house and the car are also finance with, homes, uh, with loans. So you can see that everyday life we're, we're using lots of credit cards and, and lots of other people's money um, for lifestyle choices. Now, according to a Rabo Direct survey back in 2012, it's a little bit old, this one. It's, you know, five years old, but it's still pretty much the same. Um, the National Savings and Debt Barometer, it said approximately 60% of Australians who are uncomfortable with their finances find financial planning daunting, and about 50% claim that nothing they do will make a difference. I've heard that 46% of working Australians have less than one month savings in the bank. Now, I'm pretty sure you're not going to be surprised by those little figures. You know, 50% claim that nothing they'll do will make a difference. And 46% of working Australians, it's nearly one in two, have less than one month savings in the bank. And I'm sure you know people like this and it doesn't take too far to go. And I don't think those figures have changed. I really don't, just from the people I talk to, you know, I was chatting with a, a person, a mortgage broker, um, only the other day they were looking at um, 
having us you know, manage some money for them, etc., and and help them out with teaching them how to do that as well. And I was saying, you know, like at least ten percent, only about ten percent of people in Australia would budget. He goes, it's more like one in twenty, so it's even less. It's five percent um, that he sees, and he says a lot of people are, uh, are not borrowing for the right reasons now. I mean, a simple thing is the more you borrow, the more banks are happy and, and the less control you have over your life as you now have to work to pay for the bank, which is pretty much the, the subject of my podcast the other week um, with the Upfront Investor podcast. Now, again, I'd suggest the statistic um, comes as no surprise to many of you that, you know, the banks have got more control over your money um, and over your life. Now, again, you know, there is a better way to you, so you don't have to be part of that all that debt cycle. You know, they say to you, if you don't have at least three months savings, I think it's three months savings uh, in the bank, well, you can't live without a wage for at least three months, then you're broke. Um, and so I'd suggest the majority of Australians are broke, that they need to earn an income to survive. Now, that's not necessarily a comfortable place to be in. It's also not about being in control of your, of your own life. You're actually a slave to somebody else's, so... Because um, somebody else is paying for your time, so that you can pay the bank back. Now, borrowing to invest in wealth-generating investments such as property or shares can be an excellent vehicle for creating financial independence. Now, many fail to use positive borrowing simply because they lack the knowledge and confidence to know what to do, where to start, or how to invest, so that they achieve a successful outcome for themselves. Now, with the information I'm going to share with you over this podcast series. I'm not exactly sure how many podcasts I'm going to do, but I haven't fully mapped them out. But I hope you'll begin to understand what you need to know and not only to break the debt cycle that a lot of people tend to be in. And, and I can't assume people listening to this podcast are all students of our Diploma of Share Trading Investment and they're all you know, be, being successful in their investing and trading and got properties. We do get you know, 18-year-olds or 16-year-olds and 15-year-olds listening to this podcast. But we, the same thing, we also get 50, 60, 70-year-olds that really haven't um, planned for their future or started creating financial independence for themselves because they've been a, a product of some of the myths of the past that uh, have seen a lot of us falsely, uh, not falsely, I suppose, yeah, well, led down the garden path, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you know, you were told, you know, just go to work and the government will look after you, but that ain't happening, is it? You know, pensions, uh, you know, pensions when they came out were supposed to be a safety net and that's the operative word, safety net, not a default that if you don't plan for your future that your default get it. It's a safety net that if you run out of your savings and it was really designed for like that last sort of four or five years of somebody's life, they're looking at life expectancy and say, well, if you finish work and you've planned for yourself, you might have X number of years left on your savings, let's say 10 years of your savings and your investments. Um, but if you live a little bit longer than life expectancy years, you know, two, three, four, five years, the government would look after you. So a safety net, not a default. And too many people nowadays are using it as a default. So... What I'm going to talk with, with you about over this series is how not to be one of those default people because we know the pension is not some way to live. Um, it's in existence and, and it's a struggling one at that. Um, and so let's start to be more positive uh, about our own future and controlling our future. And so I hope to share some light on that for you during this series about how to use positive borrowing and understanding it a little bit better so that you can really take hold of that and generate real wealth for yourself because, as I was saying, many people fail to use 
positive borrowing simply because they lack the knowledge and the confidence to know what to do, where to start and how to invest so that they are or they will achieve a successful outcome. If you don't know where to invest it, why borrow it? So it's it's all about why first. And, and this is what I talk about in our trading mentor course, that they are beginning dipping the toe in, a really cheap dipping your toe in the water type trading course that some of you um, may have seen or, or not know. But the first the first lesson is always about why. And, and I had a young guy just recently said to me, I just love that first lesson because it actually made me focus on what I was actually doing and where I was going. Um, and why I need to be doing this course because to me if you don't understand why then the what and the how don't make any difference you, you don't need to look at those because why is the first important thing so why do you want to invest why do you want to borrow um, and you need to understand that first so yeah, so why are you wanting to invest in you know growth assets like property shares and those sorts of things and what's the outcome going to be so um, but with the information I'll share with you hopefully you'll begin to understand what you need to know to not only break the debt cycle but use positive borrowing so that you can invest in wealth building assets safely confidently and successfully so in this podcast series we're actually going to go through things such as why borrow uh, positive versus negative debt risk versus reward types of loans now how to stop paying the banks and build your own wealth and not paying them too much and how to pay off your home a little bit sooner so but let's get into why borrowing now there's a very there's many different types of services that enable us to borrow money and there are two basic reasons why we borrow and they either fund our lifestyle or fund our investments now when it comes to lifestyle for for some the need to borrow comes from the fact that they simply do not want to wait to save up the money they need to pay for all the worldly possessions that they so desire. Now, therefore, they, they use credit cards to buy lifestyle things such as televisions, holidays, along with using personal home and other loans to fund the purchase of a new car, a new boat, um, or other service that in their mind will enhance their lifestyle. Often I find it, I call it the uh, hole-in-the-pocket type of syndrome where people build up cash um, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't know. They know they need to invest or do something better with that, but they don't know what to do, and they haven't learned how to build up their own assets and, and wealth creation. So they spend it on a new car, a new lounge suite, go on a holiday to get rid of the money in the bank, and then the problem solved. And it's like a, having a hole in your pocket. It just keeps going out. If there's money not in if money's not in the bank, then you don't have an issue if that makes sense, or or you don't feel guilty that you're not doing the right thing. Building up forty, fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars in the bank can be uncomfortable for some people because then they know they need to do something better with it but they don't know what to do and again education has its rewards in that area that teaches you how to look after that better um, but funding for lifestyle is something that is a negative to your 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 future because this type of borrowing what we call for, in borrowing for purchasing a new car or boat or a holiday or whatever it is we call that negative debt as the purchases what they're purchasing or people are purchasing are depreciating assets in that they lose value over time while the cost and interest on these loans are not tax deductible. Now these debts are also ones that are accumulating in buying services such as holidays, weekends away, dinners out on the town and the list just goes on and on with the majority of these types of purchases landing on your own personal credit card. If you live on your credit card then it stands to reason that that's what's going on in in your life and if you're not paying your credit card off every single month then you're uh, in that lifestyle purchasing so anybody 
who's actually read my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, will know that the first rule in wealth creation is to spend less than you earn. Now, whilst you may not like to hear this, all of what I've just mentioned is doing the exact opposite, as you're spending money on things that do not generate wealth, and you're spending money that you have not earned yet. Therefore, you are not spending less than you earn. If you're not paying your credit card off every single month back to zero, then you're spending money that you haven't earned and you are in a negative debt cycle. Um, and, you know, as I said, you may not like to hear that. And this is a stark reality. Is, and to me, it's, my, it's a filter is, you know, don't buy things you can't afford. Because when I was young, it was commonplace for people to put things on lay-by where they paid for something in installments. And once installments on that lay-by were paid, they received the item, whether it was a new fridge, you know, a washing machine, you know, a new toaster, a fridge, whatever that, whatever it is, they paid it off, then they got the item, so it was all cash. Now, in our house, this is how we paid for pretty much everything. Now, basically, I was taught not to spend what I don't have, and it's the same comes with your credit cards. If you're spending on your credit card, and you know you don't have the money to pay it off at the end of the month, if money's not sitting in the bank, then why are you doing it? I understand getting points and those sorts of things, but the end of the day, don't spend money you don't have. Now, sadly, this lesson has been lost over times with many Australians um, and to the delight of the banks as they're the ones that are really profiting from this, uh, you know, and obviously the stores with their store cards as well. Now, I'm, going, I'm not really going to go into discuss borrowing for lifestyles. I think most of you know how to do this already. Um, rather, we'll discuss borrowing for investments. It's, it's really far wiser to borrow for in, to invest in the long term. Now let's get down into borrowing for investments before I finish up this podcast. Now borrowing to invest, um, yeah, here's the, really here's the distinction. And borrowing for an investment can take many forms, but essentially any borrowings that are for the accumulation of assets in order to derive capital gains and income will fall into this category. Now the appropriate words here, or the operative words here, are that are for the accumulation of assets in order to derive here they are, capital gains and income. A new lounge suite or a boat doesn't derive capital gain or income. A new TV doesn't derive capital gain or income. That's what we need to look at, capital gain and income. So not just accumulating things, you need to get capital gain and income. In essence, this, this type of borrowing allows you to purchase current and future income and capital growth. So you're purchasing future income and capital growth. Now, investments such as businesses, investment properties and shares over time will assist you in building your wealth. Now, this type of borrowing is called positive debt as the borrowing is expressly in, initiated to buy assets that will rise in value and in many cases deliver a positive income stream over time. Now, sadly, many people think that their home falls into this category and it doesn't. It really doesn't. Your family home never delivers you income and any appreciation in price of the home that or that home has over time is soaked up through the cost associated with being a family home such as the interest you pay on your loans the maintenance and all the other costs associated with owning a home all of which is non-tax deductible and so the cost associated with the family home should always be considered lifestyle costs not investment when you're looking to buy for an investment the investment itself must have two things being income and capital gains, as I mentioned just briefly. All too often I hear people borrowing from a managed fund or other type of investment that only delivers one of those criteria. Now let me say this type of investing leads to a scenario of you being asset rich and cash poor. And if interest rates or the market changes, 
you're going to get caught out and be forced to sell one of those assets at the wrong time. Now, we saw that a lot during the GFC. We saw a lot of people using managed funds, going margin lending, um, and going out and borrowing more mo- for more money managed funds that weren't paying any income. And then the GFC hit, the value of those investments fell, um, and people were paying interest for a falling investment, um, and they weren't getting any help for those interest payments. We've seen that quite a We saw that a lot in the 90s where people were leveraging to buy houses and over leveraging, and they got, they got houses and nobody, and no income to keep funding it. And with interest rates going up, uh, it stuck a lot of people, um, and they end up selling their good assets at the wrong time. So, um, in part two, we're actually going to go into understanding banks and, and the rules for borrowing and a few other different things. So, I'll, I'll wrap this one up for now. So, hopefully, you've been enjoying. Um, the first part of this podcast series in understanding, you know, well, well, basically I'm going to title this series, Borrowing for Money, What You Really Do Need to Know. So um, I look forward to chatting with you next time. You've been listening to Talking Wealth and I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth. Anyway, take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation.